Oh wait, no longer greatness has arrived. Welcome to the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. I'm your host, Joseph, a.k.a. Mr. Badbit, and it is here where me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest, the greatest in all things PlayStation. Of course, you can listen to this show wherever you find your podcasts and on YouTube at the Trophy Room Show. And if you like what you hear, please consider dropping us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts. You can plop us a follow on Spotify, or if you really, really like us, you could toss us a buck our way over at patreon.com slash PS Trophy Room. So with all that said, with all that out of the way, the greatest co-host, whoever is, whoever will be, Mr. Kyle Stevenson, is currently at PAX. So I had to improvise. And I thought I needed someone that loves PlayStation as much as my good friend Kyle. And that person is Dash himself, the host of the NXS podcast. How are you doing, Dash? Bears beats Bloodborne. Yes! <laughs> yes, I know. We're in good hands tonight. Bloodborne as well. Hey, man, it's an absolute honor to be here, man. Love this show. Thanks for having me on. Of course, man. And I I truly wanted a person that's going to bring the Kyle-like energy, the positivity to the conversation because, Dash, I told you this before. I brought you here for a reason. I didn't tell you the reason. But you are one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter. Wow. Because, Thanks, man. That means a lot. Yeah, because it's just it's just games. You know, it's just like the games you're playing. You got a Bloodborne appreciation post almost every week like I do. And it's just, <laughs> it's a nice little escape because you know what? Twitter is a bit of a hellscape recently. <laughs> it is, man. I mean, listen, we, I think we all struggle with Twitter and mental health on Twitter and all that. And, you know, I, I do too, uh, you know, just like everyone else, but um, I try to be the the positivity in, in Twitter. You know, Same. I'm not. You know, it's not 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 fake positivity or anything like that. I try to uh, tweet about the things that I'm excited about. I'm passionate about. You didn't mention. I also. It's not just games. It's a lot of pizza too, man. Yeah. It's a lot, a lot well, of okay. Too. Before we even go on this, and I know it's such a generic topic, but <sighs> Hawaiian pizza, the the pineapple on pizza, does it belong? So I don't do Hawaiian pizza. Because uh, I don't do ham, but okay. if I did, yes, it does belong. Oh so wow! What I do, what I do is pineapples, chicken, and jalapenos. That's the move right there. Oh wow! Okay, so you're you're just awful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the worst of the worst. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. So understand, I'm from Jersey. Who has the best pizza? Tri-State, which is New York, New Jersey, Chicago. Somehow Detroit snuck their way in there. Who has the best pizza dash? Bro, I had to Google what Detroit pizza was. I didn't even know. What, I'm like, what is Detroit pizza? They uh, cook hands it in the down, garbage. Hands down, uh, Tri-State, New York. New yep. York style pizza, hands down, man. Yeah. Uh, Joe's yeah. Pizzeria in uh, Greenwich Village. That's where you want the best slice. Is that the spot? Yeah. Or Louis in, uh, what is it? Is it, is it Lou's in Garfield? I think it's Garfield. Also terrific. Also so terrific. Here, here in California, my two favorite spots are Bronx Pizza, New York Pizzeria is also good. So you know, we're just we're trying to we're trying to get some of you guys' drip. Yeah, no, I, and you guys try, and I think it's cute. But you guys put like avocado <laughs> and everything. And it's I don't I don't jive with it. I don't jive. Yeah, with it. yeah, yeah. That said, Dash, I don't know if you know this, but I I got my hands I got my hands on a bit of tech over the weekend. Oh, I know. And I wanted the whole world to know about this. And we get a question just to kick off the show via our good friend, Nakachaka, who writes in, now that you've had time with the Steam Deck, 
how can you prepare or compare it to the OGPS Vita? And which one do you prefer and why? Dash, are you interested in the Steam Deck by any chance? I am looking at my Steam page right now, and I have Q2 reservation sitting there waiting. I am waiting every day for that email. I am absolutely interested in the Dude, Steam Deck. Real, real talk. I was not like I, I, they said September. So here well, I you was. You were Q3. I was Q3. I'm not gonna argue. I didn't cut in line. I didn't like give Gabe Newell like you know an extra hundred. That wasn't. That's not the life I lead. They just <laughs> they're just like here's your email. I'm like what. And then, like, I had to, like, make the, the cognizant, you know, decision of, like, am I going to go through with this? Yeah, yeah. This is not smart. I work from home. I definitely don't need this. So here it is. I got it. There it is. <laughs> Here's the thing. They, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. They're all, just give us $5. You may want this. You may not. Of course you're going to want it. Of course. <laughs> of course. And let me tell you something about this as I hit the mic twice, because that's how unwieldy this thing is. Yeah. Dude, I love it. I you're, love it. You're twir twirling it around like it is like as small as a Vita. That's a, that's a big boy. That's a chunky boy. How how does it feel in your hand? Oh, great question, Dash. Um, the one thing that I didn't notice is like the, there are actually handles. I'm sorry, I'm blocking the mic with this thing. There's actually handles that I can grip on it. And there's like four little buttons on the back here too, programmable. Uh, my fingers don't hit them ever. But what I will say here as I put it down, because I keep on whacking the mic with it. <laughs> Um, it's really comfortable and yeah. you know, I'm not going to fake it. I'm, I, my hands do get fatigued, but way less than the switch and even more so than the Vita itself. Yeah. So I, I love the ergonomics of the steam deck. I think the OS is a clunky, clunky buggy mess at the moment. It is, uh, it is definitely a mobile PC. Like they, yeah. with Linux, all the, all the bells and whistles and pros and cons that come with it. Um, and sometimes apps work, sometimes they don't. So Elden Ring, I did plug that in natively. It didn't want to work in the beginning. It kept on giving me a white screen, but then eventually it, I guess it learned it was self-aware and it was like, oh wait, you're trying to play an amazing game here. And I'm yeah. like, okay, great. Uh, the games run great, depending on what game you're running. It's going to depend on how much battery life you're going to have. But, you know, Elden Ring, it's going to be like two hours tops on it. Like okay. two, maybe three. Um, but then I looked up YouTube. I went to YouTube University. And I found a way to get PlayStation Now on, or sorry, not PlayStation Now, uh, PlayStation Remote Play on my uh, Steam Deck. I saw that. And because I'm not like the emulator guy. Uh, don't yeah. steal because they're going to find you. That's why I say don't do it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like it, it works and surprisingly well, like way better than like my, my cell phone would usually do. Um, and I had like no noticeable input lag. Um, I was able to play Bloodborne on it. I saw that. I retweeted amazing. that. Actually, I loved it. So how did, yeah, how does it play? <laughs> Is like, was there like input lag? Did it play yeah. well? Yeah, it played surprisingly well. And I'm going to say something very controversial off the top. And this is not because this is a PlayStation show, as you all know. And I'm about to say the G word, so please don't yell. But uh, the remote play app on PlayStation, it ran better than the xCloud. <laughs> like, I did notice mm. some uh, some hiccups here or there on the uh, xCloud app or the game, like whatever the cloud-based thing for Game Pass is. That being said... 
that app is far superior than the little hacked version of remote play I had for the PlayStation. So like, there's no way once I was in Bloodborne, there was no PlayStation button to press. So I'm in Bloodborne or else I got to unplug the app and do the whole process over again. Um, so I will say there's no noticeable input lag that I notice. I have great internet um, in terms of like, you know, I played, God, what didn't I play? I played a lot of nobody saves the world. I played bloodborne. I at least got through the first level on it. So it's possible. I played Horizon Forbidden West. Wow. Just running around. And it was seamless. It was totally fine. I, I, I've been enjoying my time with the Steam Deck. It's been a lot of fun. Pretty a nice screen, too. I, I will say that there's nothing that's ever going to beat the Vita OLED screen. I don't know, man. The Switch OLED kind of does. I know <sighs> I'm on the PlayStation show. I know I'm a PlayStation <sighs> guy. I've put them side by side with each yeah. other. That OLED, that Switch OLED is nice. But yes, the Vita also came out, what, like nine years ago or something <laughs> like that? Yeah, I think it was ahead of its bit. time. <laughs> yeah. So I, I definitely prefer the, the Vita screen over this for sure. It's just so crisp. But this this is no such either, man. This is a this is a really formidable machine. So I would say if you're really missing the Vita experience, um, this might be up your alley as more PlayStation games head to PC. Um, like I, I hooked up Ghost of Tsushima to this thing and I'm like, oh man, until I, I can't wait till this native version comes onto this console because I'm going to play the crap out of it. Oh yeah. So yeah, I, I've been really dinging it guys way I, more than I should. I'm hoping the steam deck is very successful and ushers in more like ushers in PlayStation to give, you know, portable gaming another shot. Yes. Uh, and just, you know, just, yeah, just more of it because, uh, you know, I prefer to buy my games like, you know, uh, multi-platform games on PlayStation, but mm -hmm. then there are some games that don't require a lot of technical requirements. And then you start wondering, Ooh, do I want the portability of switch for instance, you know, yeah. like Chrono Cross, for instance, that just recently came out. Dude, I would be, I would be way less triggered quote unquote, if there was like, um, you know, more cross generational games if it meant like hey we're just gonna shrink the playstation 4 down and it's a mobile console now and go ahead and play it and i would Dude. be totally down on that i'd be like all right hook me up and being able to play that on the on the go like being able to play ragnarok on the go and then go into my playstation 5 seamlessly that would be now that would be the true dream that with the playstation the new revamped playstation plus right there Ooh. little beast yeah be. yeah i can't now when playstation the new playstation plus tiers come out that's when i'll start thinking about putting windows on this thing and truly trying to take a crack at it but until then it's a it's a nice little machine i'm digging it nice man. that said we have a lot to talk about and i mean truly we have a lot to talk about because we have a new Star Wars game from Amy Hennig, the creator of Uncharted. We're going to be talking about whether or not God of War Ragnarok is still slated for holiday 2022. And of course, we're going to be talking about what everybody's talking about. Ads are coming to PlayStation games. Oh, boy. But before we get into all that, it's time for our Patreon pitch. Of course, like we say each and every show. The reason why we look so good, we sound so great, is because of your generosity over at patreon.com slash PS Trophy Room. And I say this, I've said this in March, and I'll say it here. March and April are big months, and like just for math off the top of my head, the big bills came in 
we are able to pay 100% of the thousand plus bucks it takes to run this podcast. Uh, we were able to pay it off in these past two months. It's all because of your generosity over at patreon.com slash PS trophy room. So even if it's just a dollar, it really does help us out. If we ever got you through a long car ride, a tough day at work, whatever your situation may be, it definitely helps us out and be greatly appreciated. And I want to thank our newest member, Jason Wood. I want to thank our platinum members, Todd Burowitz and Toxic. I want to thank our gold members, Too Soon, Gavin Gottfried, Jose Jimenez, Jedi Master Ren, Metal Kirby, Awesome Dave, Robbie Bobby Miller, and Strubles and Bits. I want to thank our Silver Plus members, Hayden Doors, Marcus O'Neill, JB the Purple Monkey, Janice Von Metal, Tim Ulf, Justin Rodriguez, Cypher Primus, Captain Logan, Brenton Zachary, Kay Grimm, Rick Arrington, Dewane Raksha, The Good Sir, Mr. and Mrs. Nasty Boots, Drellish, Foolish Fuji, Annie Daynell, Kevin Mitchell, Kevin Diaz, Manx Vigia, The Lord Commander Kogi, Elo2032, Stephen Flesh, Jinx the 19th, Bubble Boy N7, and Jesse Garcia. Thank you all so much for your generosity. And with that, listen, I was going to call you Kyle there, Dash. I said... Hey, in honor. It would be in honor. <laughs> it would. He's killing it today. We're going to talk about it a little yeah. later. But yes, he crushed it. Honest to goodness, I, I said to you before the show, I said, you're going to earn your keep. Kyle's not here, so you have to be my mini Kyle. And you're like, eh, how about 50-50? So yeah. with that, Dash, take it away. The first story as we square up the news. Alrighty, this one is coming from PS Lifestyle, and uh, it's new Star Wars game in the works from Skydance and Amy Hennig, and that's from Jason Faulkner over there. He writes, Amy Hennig is back at work on a Star Wars game, this time at Skydance New Media, the studio she founded in 2019. Today, Lucasfilm Games and Skydance announced that a new title was in the works and not much else. Hennig was previously worked on worked as a writer and creative director on another Star Wars game, Project Ragtag, at Visceral Games, which was unfortunately canceled in 2017. What's the new Skydance Star Wars game about? Unfortunately, no story details for Skydance's Star Wars game have been released. We know it's a richly cinematic action-adventure game featuring an original story in the legendary Star Wars galaxy. And that's it. However, we can make some suppositions based on Project Ragtag. Project Ragtag was a linear adventure set after Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. It would have been a high story that followed an original cast and the very sm small snippet of the game we got to see at EA's E3 2016 Star Wars trailer showed a scene on Tatooine. However, despite it being in development for around four years, we almost saw nothing about the game. So while Hennig could choose to go in a completely different direction for Skydance Star Wars game, I wouldn't be surprised to see Shadows of Project, Project Ragtag in it. Oh boy, oh boy, Dash. My man. I could finally say I knew about this game. So, Dash. You did? Sir. Yeah, I knew a little bit about it. Okay, okay. I mean, I just knew of its existence, and now this is great. I'm, That's here. I'm sitting I'm alongside an insider here, folks. I know, right? <laughs> man, I could have. I could have gotten some clout. Oh, if only, if only I'd be like a nan anonymous source, black uh, icon, you know. <laughs> anyway, nonetheless, uh, this is exciting. Uh, Amy Hennig, Skydance, seems like she's going to have her hands full. The only question is what the scope of this game is going to look like. Because Skydance, I mean, when you think about them, they've done some VR projects. They've done some, you know... Um, 
Well, they handle some of the last Telltale stuff, I believe, as well. So, you know, their games aren't these massive AAA blockbusters that we know them to be. So my first question to you, Dash, is what's the scope of this game? Is this going to be their first ambitious thing, or is this going to be a, something of more of a double-A level? That's, that's an interesting question. So we know that they have at least two supposedly big games, right? There's this, and then a couple months ago, they announced the Marvel game as well. Yep. So it makes me wonder... How much could Amy take on? Like if she's leading both of those games, how much could she take on? And could she take on two massive, you know, 200 million plus budget AAA games? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know what the makeup of that team is. I don't know how far these games are out. We know very little about them. It's we're in the era of announcing your game via a press release because you, you're trying to get the recruitment of it. So I don't know. I, I would venture to guess that maybe one of these games is not the big last of us two type of production i so what i would think is you know for marvel i think that could be a double a game for sure it just depends on the character that they want to tackle um and and i think you're right depending on the resources that skydance has because they didn't mention like in this press release like they didn't say that what the scope of this game is going to really look like but i think what everybody's kind of been hinting at is that this is the game she wanted to make, but at a smaller scope, I think her game was a little bit too massive at EA and it kind of got ahead of itself. I think with Amy, she has a lot of vision. Um, but I think some of the operations like we've seen with some of the uncharted games and then going to visceral, um, and that kind of that project getting ahead of her is that she has these big visions. And I think with massive budgets, I think sometimes her eyes get, you know, are too big for her stomach in that sense. So yeah. I actually think with a more constrained budget, I think Amy's going to be able to do even more impressive things. But it's been a while. Like, it's truly been a while that she's gone out there and actually made something. Um, yeah. And I she's, think, yeah, go she's for it. jumped into like she's um, contributed to like Forspoken, for instance, yep. as a writer. But yeah, leading a game as a director, it's been a while. This is going to be like, these games are going to be like a comeback for her. Yeah. And I mean, like for me as a big, massive a Star Wars fan, uh, I get super amped because I know she's going to be a great storyteller. She's going to tell a good story in the Star Wars universe. My only question is, okay, so how big is it? And hopefully, does this actually come out? Because the track record, not because Amy's bad or anything like that. Uh, it's just because EA was stupid. Um, <laughs> you know, she hasn't made anything in a bit. And, and my, my question for you, Dash, because I know you said you're not like, you're not the, the biggest Star Wars fan in the world. I am not. I enjoy everything they put out, mm -hmm. the live action stuff at least. But yeah, I don't go like deep into the lore or anything like See, that. See, that blows my mind because when I think Dash, I'm thinking of Dash Rendar. I know. I had to look him up. Someone made that reference, what and I'm like, <laughs> and I guess so I'm like, oh, dash Star Wars fan. This is gonna be easy. And you're like, no, not really. I'm like, what? Yeah. yeah. Where does well, where I, does where does your name come from? It's it's part of my last name. No way. Yeah, it's part of my identity. God, that is so. You are automatically cooler than both me and Kyle will ever be. <laughs> yeah, I didn't choose it. It chose me. Yeah. Damn. So I. 
I, I don't know how deep, uh, so I can't like, you know, reference the expanded universe or right. anything like that. Uh, but so I'm going to be basic here and say like, I know the original ragtag was more of like the original ensemble cast and everything. Yeah. And it's like, uh, like put them on the bench for a second. Like I'm really into the Mandalorian out of these like 10 star Wars games that have been announced. Is someone going to step up and make a Mandalorian game? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. I definitely want to see, and I think the games could tackle this really well of like the in-between of the, uh, the transition from the Clone Wars to Empire and having, I think, a, a lot of room to play around with player choice um, to kind of make your, if we're going, if this is going to be the spiritual successor of Ragtag, seeing you make the decisions of what type of scoundrel you want to be, the reluctant hero or just simply you know, a big giant piece of trash. So <laughs> that's where my mind goes, but yeah. <sighs> a Mandalorian game. That's going to be, I, I, I want to say something else that, that she's been talking it. about in interviews as well as from the, uh, her LinkedIn profile itself, mm. where it's where she writes, our first productions will tap into the traditions of uh, traditions of adventure cinema to create an engaging, energetic experience that captured the spirit of TV and film to excite both longtime gamers and non-gamers alike. Hmm. That's the that's the interesting thing that that I'm like kind of taking away from this. It's like, okay, you're going to, and then she says, by challenging established design dogma and exploring new genres, mechanics, and means of player input, we believe we'll see an explosion of creative interactive experiences that are inviting and appealing to everyone. So I was like checking out an interview where she was talking about expanding you know, the, the reach and, and getting more gamers. And it seems like everyone wants to do that these days, yeah. Jim Ryan, everyone wants to do that. And she, you know, she brought up like Bandersnatch up for, as an example, she brought up Detroit become human as, 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 you know, an example or until dawn in a conversation that she had with Tim Schafer a few years ago. So I, I wonder how like she will stray from the tried and true formula that she's essentially coined with uncharted and, and yeah. Game. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we see this be um uh, you know, maybe a light on combat type of game, but like but you know, something much more linear with those elements of yeah, heavy mocap, heavy choice, and I think choice and and player agency is going to play well to that Star Wars experience. I kind of think that's what she's going to go with. And I think having that like we're not making a huge open world game. We're making something smaller scoped is going to help her focus in on what she wants to, to do with that universe, which I think is going to be fantastic. That said, the green gorilla writes in with Amy Henning doing star Wars games. Now, what do you think that, or sorry, do you think this affects, wait, sorry. Do you think that this affects us getting another uncharted game or rather Neil Druckmann do the next one as uncharted four seems to be, the favorite hey question here because yeah uncharted one was amy's uncharted two was neil's uncharted three was hers and then it was kind of both with uncharted four I think they, were, they were all hers uh, no, except for four. Uh, um uh it was neil and uh, uh, uh steely stanley uh Sorry. straley there you go they were they were i think directors of of two that's why I love two so much. Uh, no, sir. Oh, I was wrong. <laughs> oh, on my own show. Dash, here, you become the host. There you go. Go for it. Hey, man, you, the... brought a, you brought a PlayStation guy. Uh, listen, uh, she, Neil Druckmann, I believe, was a lead designer on two. Oh, okay. There you go. 
he wasn't he was definitely involved so you're you're right there yeah. um she's the, she was a creative director and writer on uh two and three huh Are you I think three had, i'm wikipediaing it yeah i'm not all like right, that's one right. uh three I, three i think had a uh, different game directors though yeah. because that was when uh, Neil and Bruce were working on The Last of Us. God damn it, you're going to make me Wikipedia now, too. Either way, what would you want to see um, in terms of uh, an, an, the, the next, first off, Uncharted 5 or whatever they're going to come up with? Who do you think is actually going to handle that? I don't think it's Naughty Dog. Yeah, I don't think it's Naughty Dog either. You know, they've sort of made news recently that they're that's a series that they're, you know, they love and they, you know, are are still interested in, but obviously no news there. Yeah. Um and I also know that like, you know, there was that whole story last year where Bend wanted to do their own thing and not necessarily be in in a branch of Naughty Dog. Yeah. I don't know. So like, yeah, the natural the natural uh studio would would be Bend and I just like I I feel like Uncharted is just such a uh, like pillar of of PlayStation that you don't just hand that off to a rando third party developer. Like it has to be like a very trusted studio, probably within PlayStation Studios. Who knows? Um, I don't think Naughty Dog is working on Uncharted right now, but I don't think Amy Hennig would have worked on it anyways. I think no. she said her goodbyes there and and has moved on, so it wouldn't have been her, her anyways. Also, I, I, I totally agree. Also, who's the better adventurer, Nathan Drake or Lara Croft? That's that's what Gorilla writes in. Why is it Nathan Drake? <laughs> it's absolutely Nathan Drake. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Laura is uh, an absolute icon in gaming, but you know, when you go look into the stories themselves, especially the last, uh, the most recent trilogy for uh, Tomb Raider, uh, the, the stuff's just more meaningful. There's uh, yeah. just in, in, in Nathan Drake's world. Absolutely. Also a correction for both of us. Yes. Bruce Straley and Amy code uh, directed uncharted 2 neil was the lead on that in terms of um um god damn it i think right design design i think and nonetheless i closed the window but that's when then bruce jumped ship uh joined the last of us crew and that's when uh mm-hmm. neil made his his name to it that being said mystic stiv writes in do you think star wars universe is getting t- too many games movies tv shows all at once and people are gonna get burnt out or do you want more and more there's so many characters races planets wars lores and all that could be fleshed out in so many ways across so many media types um you know everybody talks about the mcu fatigue and i see those you know shows and movies being more and more popular as time goes on uh, and breaking all sorts of records. So I don't believe that fatigue exists. As long as there's good stories to tell in that universe, keep making them. Yeah. What about yeah, you? I, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of potential. There's still a lot of potential there. There's a lot of stories to be told. However, it is hard to get excited about hearing about 10 different star Wars games at once yeah. uh, right now. And you know, so if they were all to launch, which, which they're not within the t- same time period, it, like the impact is lessened a little bit, but um, every single one that that's been announced or that we have some details on, I'm pretty excited about. Yeah. And I think in like a, two, what is it? Like a 10 year span of like EA owning this IP or having the ability to license them out. They made like three games. Yeah. So trust me like when I say battlefront. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Trust me when I say as a star Wars fan, we are hungry for star wars video games um and again as long as there's a good story to be told i don't see any problem with this whatsoever um keep 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 making keep making them please (laughs) 
<laughs> and, and, and it looks like Lucasfilm and Disney are pretty hungry too. They're like, yeah. all right, EA sort of, even though they're continuing to work with EA, but that wasn't quite what we wanted. There was canceled games and so on. There's a lot of opportunity for them and they, they see the opportunity in the gaming yeah. space. Yeah. Uh, and the, 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 the last thing I want to touch on here as well, when it comes to, um, the game space and in, in, in Star Wars games and just the IP, it takes one bad or controversial film or TV or piece of content to derail it and start that quote unquote fatigue. I think it takes only one piece of content to reignite it. And I think, you know, for as much as I have problems with The Last Jedi, and I think it's a controversial film, though I love all Star Wars, so I'm still going to love that movie. Um, but understanding it's controversial, that damages the brand. And I think The Mandalorian has reignited the love for Star Wars. And then seeing that love now represented in Lego Star Wars that just came out like a week or two ago, um, you can see people do love this IP. It's just important with the direction you're taking it. That said, here's here's a direction that I'm I'm getting a little concerned by. And that comes from our next story. God of War director asks fans to be patient for Ragnarok news something cool is coming this comes from tom avon over <laughs> kyle i did it tom ivan over at vgc Corey barlog director of 2007's god of war 2 and acclaimed 2018 series reboot god of war which celebrates the fourth anniversary today or as of recording and in a video published on wednesday Corey addressed the lack of updates on the game coming up or sorry, game's upcoming follow-up, Ragnarok. Speaking with Ragnarok, or sorry, speaking of the God of War Ragnarok, the elephant in the room, we haven't said much about this. That's because everybody is heads down, hard at work, Corey said. We're perfectionists. Everyone's tightening up the graphics on level three, and there is so much going on right now that I just wish that we could share it with you, but it's just not ready to be shown. But I guarantee you at the moment, at the very every second that we have something, we are ready to share. We're going to share it because we don't want to hold anything back. So please hold tight and know that there is something cool coming and that everybody here at Santa Monica is so incredibly thankful for all the support you've given us. Corey Barlog said in a room while Yolanda was vacuuming. <laughs> Dash, I saw this video and I also noticed the PlayStation feed on Twitter as I stalk it on a daily basis. Cause I'm a PlayStation host after all. Yeah. Very quiet. As if something was supposed to happen today mm. and it just didn't. And I felt like that very rushed video, like literally Corey's like doing his, his, his job. And we got like someone vacuuming in the back. It sounded like <laughs> it was a very I rushed together video. It was like, you know, he was staying late at work last night and they're like, hey, we got to get this video out for tomorrow. Yeah. And they're like, could we get the cleaning crew out of the way? Not just who cares about the cleaning crew. Let's just let's just do this. Let's just <laughs> I got to wake up at nine tomorrow <laughs> or seven yeah. nights late. Yeah. It just felt a little odd. But you said something on, on Twitter. I want to just poke your brain at it. It's like, how many times on, on the anniversary do we actually get announcements besides for like May the 4th? Which yeah. are usually, let's be honest, May the 4th, either is going to hit or it's like, hey, look at this lady. She's going to, you know, she's going to ignite a lightsaber. And that's our announcement. I Yeah, I think fans just in general always have these 
huge expectations of this is it. We're finally going to get, uh, for instance, in the last of us for, it used to be what outbreak day. And now it's, uh, the last of us day. We're going to get factions finally. And it's like, no, you're going to get a celebration of fan art, some merch, you know, and some social media, uh, tweets. Yeah. And like, uh, and seven day, you know, they're not, they're not ready to give us a new trailer just because of an anniversary. So, uh, my point is, is that like the, these are milestones that are important to them. They are intended to be celebrated by the teams and the communities around these, you know, very cherished properties. But that's not necessarily deadlines for them to to show things. It's not yeah. necessarily like you know, Horizon, for instance. Just ran, it was a random May that they showed off. Uh, Gorilla Rat showed off Horizon Forbidden West, or PlayStation had their showcase in what September of last year. So mm-hmm. it's it's ready when it's ready, and they're not. Uh, you know, PlayStation corporate does the same thing too. Like a lot of people, I think, leading up to the PS5, wanted them to do something at their anniversary. It was like crickets. So yeah, um, you can't you can't always look for those dates. But but we're thirsty as a fan base. We want more. I think that's a problem right now in the last few weeks is that this April is what usually is January in terms of game news. Let's be honest. Everybody's media silent. It probably everybody will wake back up once PAX East is over and done with, and then they'll start having their announcements of either their showcases or, you know, whatever games that they have. Like there's so many little rumors about PlayStation shuffling things behind the scenes that to me, I'm just, it does have me curious, and I, I know a lot of people are like, um, oh, this game's not coming out this year. I'm like, God of War God of War 2018 was announced, I believe, on in January, and it came out in, in April. Like, you don't need, like, a year head start on it. Like, you could literally announce something. You could shadow drop something, and it's going to be impactful. Not to say that God of War is. I'm thinking of, like, games like Tunic, right? But, like, you can... All PR needs is a good rotation good media spotlights, some good voices, a good campaign. And that's all you really need. Like you just need a month of coverage. And if you have that, that's what makes a PR campaign. Someone that's in it can tell you this (laughs) me. So to me, I don't think you need the gear head start. I think what you, you do need though is, to communicate with your fans and they say it, it's coming. They could have been a bummer and say, Hey guys, yeah, listen, we're delaying it. Yikes. But I do think something may have been teed up just by the way. Again, Sony usually talks at 9 a.m. and then they don't shut up until for every 15 minutes until (laughs) 9 p.m. So to me, something was definitely teed up and it just didn't pan out. And that's probably because they're just maybe just finishing up the next little polish of this vertical slice that they have. But I'm not I don't know, man. I'm like, I'm not concerned about this game whatsoever. Neither am I. I mean, I obviously want it in 2022. Um, and mm-hmm. if it's to, to fall in 2023, and if it uh, push, gets pushed back, then that's that's okay too, if that's what it takes. I mean, we, we experienced that yeah. with Horizon, even though I think that got released in the absolute worst window ever <laughs> for Horizon. Yeah. But, uh, so, but, uh, yeah, but I feel more confident actually about God of War releasing in 2022 uh, mm-hmm. because Santa Monica themselves and PlayStation – can't stop confirming that it's going to be 2022 just today yeah. alone. Uh, I don't remember his name, but the animation director at Santa Monica said that it's coming in 2022 yeah. just today alone. So they're constantly saying it's coming in 2022. That doesn't mean it can't get delayed, but I feel more confident about that than 
um, Horizon, for instance, that did get the delay, but we never got the, don't worry, it's coming out in 2020. Yeah, we never got the reassurance. Yeah. And, and that's why I still think, like, whether this game comes out in August or September, I think this game is still slated for holiday. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it's it'd be a little uh, uncharacteristic for PlayStation to, to release a game like in November. But, you yeah. know, they've done it before. Um, look at the I mean, and it was a console launch, but look at like the lead up to the PS5. Like we got Miles Morales and we got freaking Bug Snacks, which was like in January, I think. And then mm-hmm. Demon Souls and uh, Sackboy. We got yeah. so many games that were announced just a few months before the, the release itself. I mean, and, and it's it's not like incredibly out of nowhere for Sony to put a game out in September and totally own it so to me i'm like even like for example we talk about how horizon was damaged by elden ring i truly think it was damaged by elden ring a bit but you know the sales and again box sales but nonetheless the sales of horizon it's back in the top five of the mpd in april like as soon as a playstation 5 refresh happens their games miles in horizon and, and what have you they are all the way up there again. So I think games like Horizon, games like God of War, games like Miles Morales, their, their flagship series are going to have incredibly long tails to them because every time there's a refresh, people want to experience that game. People are waiting for Horizon to, or sorry, waiting for their PlayStation 5s to play Horizon. And it That's just, right. and it shows. The numbers don't yeah. lie. So to me, it doesn't really matter when a PlayStation game is going to launch because at this point, not to sound like a complete fanboy, what, what it is, what it is. When a PlayStation game drops, you're going to look at it and they know oh, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything stops. Like, you know, when we saw the rumors of like the, the, the three big rumors that week, everybody was pushing their stuff out of that yeah. week, just in case, <laughs> because when PlayStation talks, people genuinely listen and just yeah. seeing like every time, like Bloodborne, for God's sake, trends every week with like 15,000 tweets. It's like, it's nuts. So uh, I, I think they're going to be fine either way, but yeah. Look, look at the look at the opposite effect of that, which you don't want to have. And I don't think they they want to have those sort of negative connotations where you're showing them too much too soon. Yeah. Uh, we, we're seeing it with Forspoken now where that's a cool looking game. There's a lot to look forward to in the game, but they're giving us two minutes at a time, three minutes at a time. And it's like, it all starts feeling the same and we start getting that fatigue from it. So you don't want that effect either. We saw that with Deathloop as well. Yes. And then that becomes a complaint. It's like, how many times do I have to see Deathloop? How many times do I have to see First Spoken? Yeah. Just say that you have it. Say that you're making it. Hold on to it. And then when it comes, it comes. It's going to be it's it's going to be great. Uh, who? That being said, uh, there is one. I have like multiple people DM me about this. Nasty Boots chose violence. Um, when it comes to God of War, people are saying the new God of War looks like much like God of War 2018. The same animations too. <laughs> uh, like it's a bad thing. I don't get it. This God of War 2018 was fantastic. And more of, of that should not. Sorry. Should we not say thank you to more of that? Uh, yeah. It, it It's a sequel. I. I would be surprised if God of War all of a sudden had a machine gun. <laughs> if I don't the Leviathan axe did not thump back to you. That would be yeah. weird. Yeah. It yeah. looks like God of War because it is God of War. That's it. That's all we're saying. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah. What do you What do you want? Like, uh, do you want a situation like, and this is like a throwback here from like Devil May Cry to Devil May Cry Two, for instance, where it looks completely different, where they essentially like built different development team uh, or a director at least for sure, and the assets look completely different. Like yeah. they have amazing assets. Why not use those and build on top of that to you know? scratch off some of those items that they had that they couldn't get to in the first game. Some of those ambitious ideas that they had where they're like, okay, now we like, we could build on the existing great things that we have and, and, and make this great. And, uh, I think God of War Ragnarok looks awesome. We've seen three yeah. minutes of it and, um, give me more. Give yeah. Me more. Just give me more. And, uh, I don't even care if this was DLC. This is great. Miles Morales <laughs> is like a six hour long game. And it is, it is one of my favorite Spider-Man stories. So, who, who really care? Also, yeah, at the end of the day, who cares? I just want this thing. Give me more of it. But it's, yeah. a, it's a sequel. Everybody settle down. I saw the thing on Twitter. Everybody's yelling at each other and crying. The, the DLC line is, is fanboy fodder. And you yeah, know, it's, just, it's, yeah. it's just gross. Don't, don't be those people for the love of God. If listen, and I'm <laughs> telling you guys, I'm telling you guys this, and I, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I'm a place. I'm a host of a PlayStation podcast, right? A pretty successful one. I would think, um, if you have like a banner of like Phil Spencer, if you have like a banner on Twitter with, you know, I don't know, uh, what's his name? Jim Ryan, go to church. All right. Just go to church. Please stop celebrating these people like they're idols. All right. Except yeah. for Shuhei Yoshida. He is, he is, he's, he's good people and he should be revered as one or else. Yeah. That's there's that picture. <laughs> Sorry. There's that picture that I had BAFTA at BAFTA with Shuhei and uh, Herman Holst. And I'm like, yeah. I sort of want to print that out and frame that, but uh, yeah. no, 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 Dash, you'd have to go to church. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to. Okay, me. or any type of religious establishment, yeah. which is ironically, ironically, Chili's counts. Chili's counts. <laughs> that's awesome. uh, <laughs> that said, Dash, take away the next story for me, good sir. All right, so Sony is also working on an advertisement program for PlayStation games similar to Xbox. That's from Yuli Lopez at WCCF tech. Uh, they write, a few days ago, we reported on the scandalous move by Microsoft regarding the placement of ads in Xbox free-to-play titles. Now it seems like the competition with Sony is following on a similar path as Business Insider has reported that the company responsible for PlayStation consoles is working on an ad program that works similarly to that found in Xbox. According to the report, three people who are involved in the plan said Sony is doing testing with ad tech partners to help game developers create in-game ads through a software developer program. The idea is to encourage developers to keep building free-to-play games by giving them the means to monetize them. This new effort is expected to launch by the end of 2022, and it would put ads inside PlayStation games themselves. The goal for the ads is to appear like they're part of the game, like digital billboards and sports stadiums. Formats can include advertisements that give viewers rewards for watching ads and promotions for in-game items like avatar skins. The source also addressed the topic of security while mentioning the idea that in-game ad was in the in-game ads was in talks since 18 months ago after launching the PlayStation 5. One of the sources told Business Insider that Sony is being strict about vetting ad tech companies, ruling out the collection of personal information like emails or names. Okay. Okay. Let's stop right there. Let's stop right there because 
I can't take any more of this, Dash. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to. I, we don't even need to finish this. This sounds awful. W- welcome to Web3, everybody. Your monkey emoji looking thing now costs $5,000. And uh, there's going to be ads implanted in your eyes. You asked for this, you begged for it, and here it is. Um, this sucks. Yeah. Now, that yeah. said, listen, it is for, as they say right now, as they say right now, free to play games. So, you know, your your World of Tanks, your Fortnites, perhaps. Um, the thing that I think actually makes the most sense is in your sports games, so your Madden, your FIFA, your uh, uh, MLB The Shows. You're going to have billboards for Pepsi and Coke up there, right? You're going to have TD Ameritrade uh, ads on the, on the bleachers. You asked for this, and here it is. <laughs> But seriously, yeah. this, I, I don't know, man. I want to know your thoughts on this, man. Because I, I i truly see the more and more commercialized nature of, of video games and the, the dumb product placements, and it just gets me bummed. You know what's funny? The last time you and I talked, we were talking about PlayStation and live service games on my show. Yeah. And it, it's, it feels circle. like it's a similar situation here. I'm like, do we have to put on our, uh, I don't want to, you know, come off as a PlayStation defense attorney or whatever. So yeah. I'm, 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 Typically a half glass full kind of guy, uh, unless something stinks. Uh, I look at this on on paper. This looks bad. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. There's there isn't a whole lot I could justify this with. I mean, like, oh, this is going to be great for us gamers, and it's everything's going to be fine. Uh, I don't really see anything of, of benefit here for uh, for us. Uh, besides the fact that if it's done well. And when I say done well, not showing you these big uh, obtrusive ads and, and killing the immersion of the game that it helps fund the studios to make the experiences better. Um, but there, there is something I do want to I, I do want to stop you there, because when you say that it does for me, I, I think of you know, we're talking about like Netflix right now. They're just, they, their stocks have, you know, hit what a 25% low. They're losing hundreds of thousands of subscribers as people go back to work and content is as great as it is. But one of the things of how they advertise on these shows, especially when it comes to streaming is product placements and product placement. Sometimes it's in your face when it's like stranger things. And uh, what is it? Uh, Baskin Robbins, but sometimes it's just a cocaine on a table. Right. And it does to me a little bit help with that immersion factor of this is a real thing that exists or this thing is here and it could, it could be in our world. Um, So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in the defense attorney spot here a little bit (laughs) dash. Cause if it is something of the lines of like, yeah, it's a cocaine instead of saying cherry pib on it, that's fine. Right. Or or sugar water. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah fine but if this is like i'm i have to wait 30 seconds before i play a match of Fortnite. i'm going to just take a power drill to my temple and, and we're not gonna <laughs> take it we're, there. We're, i'm sorry <laughs> don't do that anybody we're not we're not gonna take it like we did like i, I didn't take it because i wasn't uh, i didn't play this game but like remember uh ea's uh ufc4 yeah that had in the replays that had straight up advertisements it was like a, I think a tv tv show or anything and that they they dropped that actually i think like a week or two after reviews went out so the reviewers couldn't even like dock it points for that and they immediately got backlash and immediately took it down we're we're a savvy bunch us us gamers and uh there there is no 
when it comes to this stuff, there is no romanticism of your favorite brand. And, and when I, you know, when I joke about the whole defense attorney thing, listen, if, if PlayStation starts, if I'm like creeping around a corner in the last of us and it's all, and it's like, Hold on one second. Now a word from our sponsors. Cookie crisp. <laughs> yeah. You know? And then, like, and then it just cuts back and you're ripping a clicker's face off. So, like, yeah. I don't care how much I love The Last of Us or yeah. whatever game. Like, I am like I am not going to stand for that. Just like we're not standing for loot boxes. Just like we're not, gonna, we're not standing for NFTs. Yeah. Um, the, we are not going to take that. And right now, companies like PlayStation, and I'll put Xbox in that category as well, they have good credit right now. They have they they sure. built a lot of goodwill with with their gamers, and they know as soon as they mess up, we will call them out on it. We did that when PlayStation wants to close down the PS3 and the Vita stores. We did that when Xbox tried to double the price of Xbox Live Gold. Yeah. We will stand up to it. I'm just the one thing that I'm worried about is let's just say like we're playing last of us let's just say there was there was product placement in last of us too right you got the dunkaroo commercial right after the you know ticker ate your best friend <laughs> it what happens is about 10 15 years from now like that asset like there, there's the, the ads have run their course what happens yeah. to that asset is it just going to be a weird blank piece of thing that's the only thing that I'm concerned of is like after they've, you know, milked it dry. Yeah. The <laughs> they've moved on. Yeah. Contracts have expired. Like we just take a look at like Tony Hawk games are a great example of like the legal hell it took to get that game in all the original soundtracks. Um, yep. So what happens when the deal runs out? That's the thing that I think nobody is thinking that nobody I, I, I saw talk about is like what happens when the deal is done? What happens to this thing? I think that's what this is. I think because advertisements and games are nothing new. I feel like didn't we have them like as far back as like the PS1 days? Sure. Advertisements and games are nothing new. And I think that's what this is. This is an investment using these platforms that are running like dynamic ads where, you know, it, it is going to change and, and be timely so that if you're playing – God forbid. And, and I'm, I'm saying stuff <laughs> and I'm saying stuff like I'm saying stuff like Last of Us and God of War and yeah. stuff. This this is we gotta remember this is for free to play games. Correct. You're right. And 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 games like Fortnite, like not not even hating here, because Joe, I know you you play a little bit of Fortnite here and there. Really not fucking even, good. <laughs> I'm not I'm not even gonna bleep it. That F word was was warranted. I'm I am I am Dash, real talk, everybody. Kyle's not here, so I can get to gush a little bit. Twenty two kills. Our team over thirty kills last last night. Wow! Think about it. No bots, no bots. By the way, these were real people. I almost got we the, the the game before that. I almost crushed it as well over twenty kills, but I couldn't seal the deal. I literally took three dudes on at once who, and just missed by a hair. Could have got yeah. that victory. Right yeah, now. I'm sorry. Continue. No, I hey, I've played some uh, competitive multiplayer with you. I've, I've seen your skills. I've seen your skills. Not in Fortnite. And uh, actually, I'm kind of curious to try Fortnite now yeah. that the whole zero build thing is. But I'm oh, kind of perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, like that game right there is already like a bit of a walking advertisement. Like there's just so many crossovers. There's so many events and promotional things. Like that's a game that there's all sorts of hands being greased, deals being signed. There's all sorts of advertising happening in that game. And they're doing it in a way where it's not turning off that very savvy, that very hip, I imagine, yeah. uh, Gen Z and a cool, like sort of trendy gamer uh, yeah. audience. I mean, you got Bruno Mars in there. You got, and I'm not kidding you. If you see an Ariana uh, Grande skin, you run. 
They're like an agent <laughs> in the Matrix. You see them, you run because they really? will mess you up. Like okay. you're, and even just the radio. The radio is updated like weekly with like new songs from actual artists or indie artists. So like, you're right. We're we have been accustomed to this. And now I think if they're smart, we won't notice it. If they're bad at it, we are going to notice and we're going to complain. And we're going to complain. Yeah. But we are, again, are our grievance. This is not, this is not exciting stuff. A lot of Jim yeah. Ryan's uh, moves and, and it's not just Jim Ryan, like the executive team's moves are, are not the most exciting, you know, consumer uh, or, you know, core gamer friendly types of moves. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll see at the end of the day uh, how they balance that out with, the, the, the things that do appeal to yeah. maybe you and me, Joe. That being said, I, I, I want to talk about things that appeal to us that won't happen. Um, and uh, let's just talk about it. Let's It's a little segment we like to call Rumor Has It. There was this uh, Inverse article that I really like. Go check them out. Uh, Hay- Hayes Madison wrote it on Inverse. Check them out. Give them a click. Because the whole article was why rumors of Sony acquiring from software seem un likely and i want to read one thing here actually you know what let me read the whole article let me give them credit here ever since microsoft announced the bombshell news that it acquire activision uh, blizzard the rumors have run rampant of the wealth of potential acquisitions questions arose about what if anything sony would do to respond to the activision purchase and the countless fans weighed in on the developers they'd like to see playstation under the PlayStation banner. One of those acquisition rumors was that Sony was purchasing from software, the critically acclaimed developer behind Elden Ring and Dark Souls. However, while many might like this to happen, it's still unlikely these purchase rumors are accurate. Uh, From Software is currently riding high with the overwhelming success of Elden Ring, which sold a tremendous 12 million copies in under 17 days after its release. In just a matter of weeks, Elden Ring has become the developer's best-selling game of all time, almost beating out Red Dead Redemption 2 that sold 17 million copies in its first week. With the developer's most successful game ever still going strong, it's unlikely that From Software would be interested in selling. Acquisitions don't usually happen when companies are performing better than they ever have. Sony seems much more interested in developing multiplayer live service titles moving forward. The company's purchase of Bungie for $3.6 billion uh, tells a story. Bungie remains mostly independent, able to self-publish, and not quite the same as Microsoft Activision Blizzard acquisition. Um, yeah, I, these these rumors really have to stop. Uh, it, it's something we keep th- throwing out here on this podcast, and it's accurate. It's true. Acquisitions don't happen when companies are in the green, right? Act, uh, acquisitions happen when the direction of a company goes sour, when they don't have faith in the board or the the CEO or COO, and they don't have a clear direction out. Like things, you know, we're still good for Activision Blizzard in terms of having the number one selling game that year, but they saw it. We can't do this anymore. The the train, you know, is off the tracks at this point. It's going to go south and we don't have the means to fix this. So we might as well sell while we're at a high to a company that's going to fix all the things we broke. And I think that's the way we get out of here, right? From software at this point in time is the most successful they have ever been. When we are talking about 
acquisitions. We have to stop thinking about what is in it for Sony, what is in it for Microsoft, and just think about what is in it for the acquisition-y. What's in it for the person that's about to get purchased? Because yeah. if I'm Miyazaki, real talk, unless my parent company gets bought, I, I get to do whatever I want. So what's the incentive for me to go anywhere? And this couples with the rumors of Kojima being purchased, being scooped up, when we knew for, for certain at this point that Kojima has plans with Xbox. So we know that both these creators are in good places being creative, making the deals that they want to give them that creative freedom because their name allows that to happen. What's in it for either of these companies? Nothing. And I think we're getting ahead of ourselves, Dash. We, I mean, we are. Yeah. These, these rumors have no basis whatsoever, right? None. Like, and I've seen articles sort of run away with analyst, insider, et cetera, believes in this uh, rumor. It's like, no, if you actually go read the original tweet, he is just addressing those rumors. And those rumors are all fan generated. Yes. There is no, there are no sources behind them. So th there is no basis for those rumors. None. Now, now, Joe, I agree with you, but I've seen some crazier things happen, my <laughs> friend. I've seen some crazier things happen. True. And listen, nor do I, you know, care a whole lot or I'm holding my breath for either of these acquisitions to happen. Um, I'm not saying that uh, they are going to happen or they are, or they could happen or not. Right. I'm just saying that like, it, it, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's a possibility. I don't want to rule it out entirely. I mean, the bungee deal who really saw that because over and over and over again, they mentioned they want independence yeah. and Destiny 2 is a hit. They had their. I mean, that's I'm, true. I'm, not, I'm not sure if they are at the, the peak that they've ever been right now uh, with Destiny, but they just had an expansion uh, drop uh, two or three weeks after they were acquired. Oh, shit. Right? Speaking of ads in games, real talk, Moon Knight is in Fortnite. You know what I'm doing, boys. Where are we dropping? <laughs> Where are we dropping, Mark, Steve, or Jake? Where are we dropping? You don't mind that ad, do you? I don't mind that one goddamn bit. I just saw the Jacob's Ladder episode of, of episodes, and I am so in. But you're right. I, I, the one thing to get back on this su subject, Bungie was doing great, but they needed something. So, like, they they want their independence. They want to make multi-platform games. They knew that PlayStation wants their tech. They also know that PlayStation or Sony at large has what they want movies and tv and look now there's rumors of destiny having an animated series something that yeah. they want and they're going to get so we have to really talk about what does the person that's going to get bought want not just well, what know, sony wants you know what kojima wants he he wants to get into cross media stuff they just opened up there was this new story a couple months ago where they just expanded and opened up a new studio in L la i believe yep. to expand their ips into potentially movie and tv and all that stuff uh, so that is something that playstation could could help them out with but he also we know he has a lot of those connections himself he's constantly rubbing elbows with Guillermo del Toro and Mads Mikkelsen and all that. So he's got connections there as well. Um, um, and he's sought after. He's yeah. a developer that's sought after. He's got the, the supposed deal with Microsoft. And if it's not PlayStation, if it's not Xbox, there are a number of publishers that would line up to do a game with Kojima. Yeah. So I think at the end of the day, we, again, 
I, I know that there's a quote unquote answer, right? I think uh, people like like Jeff Grubb has have said that they have an answer to it, but just don't expect the answer to be from software. Don't expect the answer to be, you know, Konami. Don't expect that answer to be Capcom or, you know, whatever. Don't, don't expect it. When these things happen, they're going to happen. Now, I have my thoughts. I have what I think is going to happen. No background, you know, or, you know, you know insider information here. I yeah. have my my opinions of who they're going to buy, but that day is going to come and I'm just going to be sitting here patiently waiting and, uh, you know, I'll be excited or maybe a little bummed out. I don't know. <laughs> it all depends. Now, now, let me ask you, would yeah. you want a PlayStation to acquire from soft? I mean, absolutely. I think like if they did acquire them, real talk, if they did acquire them. I'll sell my Xbox right now. I have no need for it. Everything that I've ever wanted to play is on my PlayStation. I never have to worry about it. I'm not even joking. There's no lab. I'm like, PlayStation won it for me. I, they are my favorite developer of all time. So like, I, here's my permanent home. But, you know, it, it would suck for my Xbox fans who just, or, or, or friends who just got a taste of Miyazaki and now want more and knowing like the future is yeah, unattainable yeah. for them. It sucks. And it's just like the same thing of like, yeah, I'm not really into Activision games that much. I play my blizzard games on PC where God intended them to be played. Um, <laughs> so like, I, I don't care that Microsoft's buying them, you know, per se. Um, it just sucks knowing that people on PlayStation may not get to experience, you know, like overwatch three or anything like that. Yeah. Well, so let me answer that. I, uh, for me, it doesn't really matter. I don't want uh, anyone else to acquire them because that just means no Bloodborne to yeah. buy from software. That's a PlayStation IP. So that would be the benefit of PlayStation acquiring them. Now, my hope is, is if they do, they do still make multi-platform games. We do still get an Elden Ring too, because look how big, look how much of a phenomenon Elden Ring was across PlayStation, Xbox, and Absolutely. PC. Like I want to share that with the whole community and, uh, yeah, man. Souls games from software, they're, they're for the people. Yeah. And uh, I think also just to kind of to 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 hop on that point just a little bit is like, to me, I don't want to see anybody cut off from a thing that they love just mm -hmm. because a deal and a hand got shook. So, yeah. you know, it, it would suck to see Xbox fans get, you know, screwed over with this. I, whatever deal that PlayStation makes, again, I, and I, I keep reiterating this, I just want it to make sense within the ecosystem. Dare I say organic and get trolled by, but like when I see Haven Studios get scooped up, when I see Deviation, let's be honest, let's call a spade a spade. They're, they got acquired silently. Um, Housemark, you know, I, I say this all the time. Those are the acquisitions I want because those are partnerships years in the making. Like Jade used to work for PlayStation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's no one that you that's going to know how your business operates better than her. You know, Housemark, those those people worked with you for decades. So I, I think when you get that type of, you know, cohesive package, you get an insomniac where they know how you operate. You're just infusing them with cash and there's a good friendship there. And look at, you know, everybody is just head over heels in love with insomniac and rightfully so because they're the best developer they got yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. whatever yeah. it is man whether it's a publisher developer i just want to make sure that you know it's good for everybody involved not just the people that are getting the deal um that's important yep that said oof, run a bit long but this is this is a good show dash you do it listen real talk you're doing great 
Kyle, you're on notice. Hey. Flash news. Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. Gotta run. Gotta run. That's gonna give Kyle's gonna listen to this and he's gonna get like panicky. He's oh shit, what's going on? Don't worry, Kyle. You're safe. I love you too much. Okay. Uh Marvel's Avengers next playable hero will be Jane Foster's Mighty Thor. Crystal Dynamics said that the new hero designs are driven first and foremost by their comic book identity. So the fellow wielder of Molnir, her suit of her, or sorry, suite of abilities will have a lot in common with Odinson's. However, she will have the same ele- elements uh, distinctly of Jane. This is something else I also knew. Uh, wig, wig, nudge, nudge. You know who you are. Uh, but yeah, you know, this is a shadow character or whatever, what is it they call it in Smash? I think it's shadow character. Nonetheless, um, cool. I just want to put this here because, uh, I just want everybody to know that Natalie Portman was my first crush as a child and she'll be my last crush ever because <laughs> I will love her to the day I die. And she could crush me with her arms. Oh my God. Did you see that yeah. Charlie dash? Yes. Yes. She, uh, I was wondering how she was going to fit into the role and she is fitting into that role. Oh. She's got like bigger arms than me. <laughs> she could fit me into a role. Let me tell you, <laughs> Jesus punch me twice in the mouth. All right. There's a new Saints Row uh, customization showcase. They showcase a lot of customizations. Who knew that game is slated for this August. So if you're interested, check it out. I am. So I'm excited. I'm excited for Saints Row. I love Saints Row. It's uh, going to be a game that I buy and probably don't play. <laughs> Damn it, Dash. Damn it. Uh, everyone is mad at Pedro Pascal over his Last of Us quote. Uh, so he was interviewed by, I think, like GQ. And the quote read, this is what everybody was mad about. When asked about how he got ready for the role, he said, so it's sad. I haven't had any skill, he said. I tried to, you know, play it. And only a couple of matter of minutes, sorry, it was only a matter of minutes before I had to hand it over to my nephew. It really takes a specific kind of skill and I don't have it. Um, he also said, like, I watched a bit of it and then I had to go and do actor shit. Um, <laughs> and he, he said he wants to, he, he knows what this character is. He's identified it. He has its essence. And now he's going to put a little Pedro spin on it. Go for it. Great. Just don't take your goddamn helmet off and don't show me your ass and you're going to be great. <laughs> You're going to see Joel's ass. Hey, this, this show is Joel. I'm sorry. Neil Druckmann's baby. Yeah. And, uh, I think, I think he knows what he's doing. I think there's, you know, they're working together. They're uh, he's, he's, he's directing, he's producing. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sweating that, that line. No, I'm not whatsoever. Pedro Pascal does not know star Wars and yet he killed it as a Mandalorian, like real talk. And they even like, he, he's not going to tell you he, he, he's an actor. All these actors are actors. It's about the direction of which these directors, these producers take with the role. The, 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 what is it? The screenwriters, the scripts. That's what's going to take shape here. Uh, yeah. Pedro is a tool to be put on display to, to, to accurately depict a broken man. I think he's going to be able to do that. You know, he's not a Game of, game of Thrones. He, he, I bet you he hasn't even finished a book. But he's like, you know what? I'm going to play Oberyn and damn, God damn it, he did. Great. You know who also hasn't finished the book? George R. R. Martin. So, that, and that turned out. Actually, no, that didn't turn out. Okay. Never yeah. mind. <laughs> so the quote that people didn't read is when he said, it's similar to the way John Favreau and Dave Filoni treat the Mandalorian and how Mason and Druckmann are treating the last of us. It's in good hands because they love it so much. Well, clearly Neil created the video game, but Craig loves it so much he said so it really is made for people that love it and there are some very intense storytelling for people that who might be less familiar yes 
This is it. You have the, one of the showrunners made the thing. Okay. Guys settle. Yeah. All right. One of the, the person that wrote the script wrote a, a, a award-winning uh, miniseries of Chernobyl. I saw a lot of people going, oh, well, he also like before that he just made comedies. It's like, okay, cool. So like, are we just going to totally discount Jordan Peele? Because he made his, he, he was from Mad TV. So I'm just going to discredit us and get out. No, you get out of yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't give me this And, and Pedro Pascal's Joel is going to be a different Joel. If you're not yes. going to expect him to imitate uh, what Troy Baker's doing, no. he's going to be, he's going to be his own Joel. And, and uh, listen, as, as long as the script, the direction, the, you know, cinematography, all that stuff is, is in good hands then I, I trust Pedro Pascal to do his thing. Yeah. And look, I know a lot of people also try to do the, like the Witcher thing. It's like, well, you know, Henry um, uh, Cavill loves the book. It's like, yeah, but also like the people that are there also love it a hell of a lot. And that's what's giving him that focus. Like, look, I think he's a great, I think, you know, he's a great Superman and he got into the role amazingly, but that's a mid movie. And every other movie that, you know, he's been in as Superman's mid not because of him, but because of the direction it took. Yeah. Sorry, Luke. That's just facts. <sighs> that said, everybody settle down. All right. You settled good. All right. Now get unsettled because shit's about to get real. Sega is developing a big budget reboot of Crazy Taxi Jet Set Radio, both a part of the Super Game Initiative. For fans that love that stuff, I'm clapping. This is clapping. Congrats. Apparently, the Super Game Initiative is just a bunch of different games and reboots. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Good, good, good for you, Sega. I hope it works out. Crazy Taxi's great. I'd be interested in a Jet Set Radio and how it would look. But yeah, cool beans. That yeah. said, <clears throat> Dash, are you holding on to something? I'm holding on. Prepare the drop. Here are the latest deals and deals coming to the PlayStation storefront on April 19th. Aliens is on PlayStation 4. Uh, night, night in on PlayStation Five, but it's like spelled like a light night. Um, Lego Builder's Journey on PlayStation Five and PS4. Rainbow on PlayStation Five, PS4. Winter Ember on PlayStation Five, PS4. Hey, guess who's working? Who, who, who's doing some stuff on that game? This this guy. All right, oh, so take a look nice, at it. It's, it's actually a really cool stealth game. I took a look. Like if you like like the classic thief or like you know. Um, Assassin's Creed, but like in like some type of like over the top, like isometric esque view. Uh, this okay. might be the game for you. It's heavy stuff, heavy stuff. That being said, uh, yeah, it looks nice. April 20th, uh, YOLO 420, Liberated Enhanced Edition. April 21st, Chernobyl Light, Moto at GP 2022, Samurai Bringer, PS4, and Ayo the Clown. <laughs> <laughs> PS5 and PS4. Cool, 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 cool. All around cool games. That said, we'd like to end the show with the Sony Pony Express. Yeah! If you have to do I, I, was gonna, I was gonna practice that, but yeah. like I'm like, you know what? I'm just I don't think that's expected of me. That's fair. That's fair. See, look at <laughs> Kyle. You're safe. You're safe here. Don't worry about <laughs> no, it. You couldn't even yeehaw. You didn't even have the confidence to yeehaw. Uh, <laughs> Ask what not why writes. Let me try this again. Dot dot dot. Kyle, Joe, I know it's early, but I have a question for the podcast. So hello, trophy lords. Uh, for this some for some reason this year, I decided not to play any new games as they release 
uh, Horizon Forbidden West being the exception. And I noticed that many of these games get patches and make the game not only run better, but add quests and smooth out and buff out some things. Does this impact your perspective of games when you've completed it? Or maybe this is more of FOMO, fear of missing out, and our rush for the next fresh thing everyone is playing. I guess my question is, what is your opinion on all of this? Sincerely, Jose thinks too much. Jimenez. Jose, I love you. You don't think too much. You think just the perfect amount. Good question. Um, yeah, no, I think FOMO plays a part. I, I also don't like the fact that all these games are coming out and they're super buggy. <laughs> like Horizon did have some bugs to it. Um, Elden Ring definitely came in a little bit hot. It's kind of like standard practice now. And I feel like, Jose, you're you're doing it right by going, I'm just going to wait. You're going to wait till it's on sale. You're not going to let FOMO, you know, get you. And you probably end up buying the game cheaper and you overall have a better experience. Like, I think I would have liked Horizon more a month out after its release, as much as I love the game still. I think there's like these little things that got in my way of the pure, holy crap, this could have stood toe-to-toe against Eldering. Um, But like, to me, I I think that's, I I think people that are playing it now or just bought it in April, um, you guys are in for a treat because I think you guys got the better version. I don't know, what do you think, Dash? Yeah, I agree. It's it's a trade-off. So, you know, when you when you get the game at launch, you're playing it alongside the online community. So Elden Ring, I absolutely knew that I wanted to play that at launch. And it was an absolute beautiful experience to see people taking down the same bosses and see, you know, comparing notes with friends. So that's great. And yes, you do deal with sort of maybe not all the features being there or maybe yeah. things being a little buggy. Uh, same thing with Horizon. I beat that in one week because I oh. knew Elden Ring was coming. Oh. But you know what? I enjoyed every minute of it. I didn't feel rushed. I love that game. I put in... Yeah. Uh, 45 hours into it in, in a week. And, you know, my, my wife didn't love that, but uh-uh. <laughs> I, I did. Uh, but you know what? Uh, that one was one that, like, potentially would have been better if I waited because they killed the – there's an option to kill the animation for easy looting, yeah. uh, which would be nice. She doesn't talk as much about her, her stash. Yeah. Uh, so there's, like, little little updates like that. Thankfully, technically, I didn't have a whole lot of crashes. Actually, my version of the game was blessed and and Mm. i didn't have a lot of issues with that um but so it's a trade-off you're going to get the definitive editions you're going to get the cheaper price you're going to get uh more features returnal for instance has a ton more features oh yeah oh yeah so so it's 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 a trade-off if if you can resist the fomo good for you you're gonna get the better version of the game i have a hard time with fomo so I'm, i'm gonna i'm gonna usually get them at launch yeah, the one thing that I've done for the podcast is, like, for me, there is a thing of FOMO because I feel like I have to cover it, um, depending on, like, if it's PlayStation or not, of course. But, like, for me, it's it. Uh, I've now dealt with it of just, like, hey, now that I have contacts that, you know, PlayStation sends them stuff but not us. That's fair. No, that's fine, Jim. No, that's cool, Jim. Okay. Four, it's only the top three podcasts. Number four can't get a bone. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah, can't even yeah. throw us a bone. Makes no Great. sense. Great. But if we we're in Canada, you'd love us. You'd love us, Jim, and you know it. Uh, <laughs> nonetheless, <laughs> I'm able to 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 get get people in, talk about the game, and that usually for me, I'm like, okay, cool. I, it's, it satiates me, so I don't feel the need to have to play everything now. Um, so I get to just play the games that I want. Like right now, still playing, you know, nobody saves the world, and absolutely loving it. So, nice, yeah, man. play what you love. Play what you love. J Cam writes in, do you think we will see more PlayStation, uh, sorry, more stock in PlayStation 5s, graphic cards, 
and Xboxes are remaining in stock. Will PlayStation 5s become in stock items or are scalpers just going to ruin everything? Yeah, no, uh, first off, congratulations to Xbox because it looks like you outsold the PlayStation again in March, I think. That was yeah, the thing? Yeah. Yeah, cool. It's like the second month, right? Oh, my God. Uh, it's Everything's collapsing. Everything's imploding. Um, damn, what's going to happen if PlayStation's in second? Who knows? Who not? Probably the end, honestly. Dash, take off the hat. Game's over, bud. I mean, I got an Xbox hat as well. <laughs> oh, so. you can just switch them up. <laughs> let, me, let me just get that. Yeah. Here's the thing. When it comes to, like, the eventual future of, like, PlayStation's got to be an app or in our brains. It's like, what happens to this podcast? I've thought about <laughs> it. I'm like, we... Because I know Gamertag Radio used to be just an Xbox show. And now, you know, they, they say that they're a multi-platinum show. But yeah, I don't believe it so <laughs> i love you I, I, was, I, was, I was i was i was i was gonna like put a troll post like and saying it's it's funny that i'm like quote unquote a playstation guy but i'm more neutral than uh most <laughs> neutral content creators yeah and, and i'm and i'm and i'm you know i'm i'm a playstation guy i play them all though man yeah same here you know i mean i play a lot i don't know when's the oh yeah i, I kick sean's ass in halo right, right 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 and then that's about it yeah i just touched my xbox for halo it seems Huh. Yeah. I'm cycling through them this year, man. And that, that was the troll post. I was going to put like the games I've completed and it's like, I'm playing three on Xbox this year. I think I have like three or four on PlayStation and surprisingly three on switch this year that I, I am playing slash beat. So I'm like, I'm, I'm doing pretty good about giving them all love. Yeah. 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 But except for Kirby, I don't like Kirby. Oh, it was great. Yeah. Kirby's too sexual. I, I have, <laughs> he's all, it's, you know, Kirby's all about sucking. <laughs> and I don't want like either of that. I don't like that. That's not for kids. Uh, Jay Cam writes in. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Jay, I already got you, bud. Uh, Drellish says, I have a set of goal to reading more Star Wars novels, uh, at least the canon. Uh, my question this week is simple. A, and this one's, I guess, just for me. How did your love and appreciation of Star Wars start? I can't name a time. It just, it, it's always been a part of my life. Real talk. I can't tell you the first time I played Star Wars. It's or sorry, uh, watched Star Wars. It's just been embedded in me since I was I was born. Love it. You're raised right. I, you know it. Uh, is there a character of of those stories that still deserves? Sorry, whose story deserves to be told? For example, Ahsoka, Grand Admiral Thawne, uh, Saul Guerrero, Darth Bane, etc. Uh, well, most of those people are getting their own show, so I would say. Who deserves their story to be told? Who deserves the story to be told? Um, do we get no Chris Ahsoka? No. Hmm. Who is a character that I think deserves more love? I I totally loved Solo. I totally loved Solo. I think Amelia Clark should totally get her own show. I think I I I, I think that's happening. I think that's how I think whatever, whatever next, like if it's the Bubba Fett season two, I think she's there. Um, I don't know. I don't know. That's a great question. Cause to me, I'm just like, I'll just take any star Wars with any character as long as it's in the universe. I really don't care. I'm going to watch it and love it. Um, I'll get back to you. No, actually fuck it. Dash Rendar. <laughs> Give oh. me shadows of the empire remade. Come on. You cowards. I, Rebel I assault. One. Do it. <sighs> Dream question. What ingredients would Sony need if they came out with a new uh, live service Star Wars game in the near future? 
What game elements would you like, or sorry, would keep you hooked to play the game for years to come? Think GTA Online. Honestly, anything that's not GTA Online, I will go for. <laughs> we tried the MMO route. I, it's still popular. It's People are still playing it. But honestly, Star Wars has been in everything. So I actually really would love a maybe like a Telltale experience because I don't think we've gotten really many of those. So no. Yeah. Give me that. Let's see. Let's see. We got two more questions, two more questions. And then we're hitting the road. Shrubles and bits writes, not a question. Just wanted to say, and I think I speak for everyone here. How incredibly proud of I am of Kyle and the six one indie crew for their mini indie showcase today. I know a lot of hard work went into the production and putting everything together and it paid off. So excited to see some of these games that were shown. Fantastic job. I I'm like a proud dad and I have no right to feel like a proud dad because I had nothing to do with this. I didn't inspire any of this. It's just like you're watching your friends straight up kill it. And I, and I, and and I don't know, Dash, did you see the show? I saw, I think like 90% of it and it was amazing. It was a great show. Dude. I I'm not messing with you. That was better than some of these shows that like, you know, these other companies put together. Looking at yeah. you, sometimes Ubisoft. Like, that was <laughs> freaking fantastic. So, super proud of my, my 6-1 Indie uh, brothers and sisters over there. And so proud of Kyle, because Kyle was hella nervous. And I was, like, Dude. live tweeting both of them. I was like, this is fantastic. You guys freaking rock. I'm so proud of you guys. This is amazing, because it truly was. So The jokes hit. The pacing was perfect. And yeah. it's like, you know, you see your friends there, and you're like, oh, this is usually where, like, ID at Xbox, like, the, the some of the most popular streamers get, like, roasted. And, uh, you know, I was watching the kind of funny stream, and they were, yeah. like, laughing along with all the jokes. Uh, the games were hitting good. I actually already downloaded one of the games from from the stream. So yeah. thank you. There you go. It worked. A- yeah. Again, they, they truly have, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, I've seen a lot of indie showcases quote unquote where they 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 highlight more the creator than like or the creators that are hosting it than themselves or like they're trying to do mock awada like things and i'm just like this ain't it this one was truly it like this one was we're just gonna like let the games do the talking and it and all these games there was something for everyone there so i'm i am so proud of them so proud of kyle it's amazing great show Yuna writes in, hey guys, last night I was able to beat GTA 5 and took 69 hours. And (laughs) yes, I picked up the C. Oh my God, what? And it was a banger. Oh, come on. Yuna, you were doing so great. We didn't have it. You know, all right. My question this week is, do you guys plan out? what games you are going to play next or is it a go with the flow deal i was going to play edge of eternity next however since i have not started it yet i decided to hold off until and, and start up god of war 2018 first playthrough yuna you're in, for, in a for a treat, treat as it is the fourth anniversary today has this ever happened to either of you and if so what did you uh yeah i usually plan it out i go okay this is the game i'm gonna play this is it right her and and yeah i i usually dedicate a game a month so like for example i think this is the most hectic it's ever been where i'm balancing four games and i hate it um i could juggle maybe two 
So I'll juggle two meaty games and then like Fortnite somewhere around there or some, some multiplayer game I'm, I'm carrying Luke through. Um, but other than that, like I plan it out. I I need to know what I'm doing next. There have been some like spur of the moment things like Plague Tale, uh, Innocence, which I am so thankful for and no, nobody saves the world, which I'm completely enamored with, but those actually come seldomly. I'm usually planning out what the next game I'm going to play is. What about you, dude? I plan them out, but it's, you know, I got to go with the feeling. So like if I tell myself I'm going to play Final Fantasy six right now, that's been on my backlog forever. Yeah. Um, and, if, and, you know, for whatever reason, I talked to a friend about Prey and I want to play Prey instead. Um, I'm going to go with the feeling I will call some audibles. Um, this year I have a goal. There's four games that I said I want to get off of my backlog and I'm going to, I'm going to squeeze them in one way or another. So there's some structure, but fluid. Nice. Nice. Um, That said, those are all the questions. I know someone did email us a question and I I do want to make sure I give them a shout out because I'm holding on to it just in case there's another slow news week. So I'm looking at you, Brandon English. I got you. Don't worry. I got you next next week, but still email me. I I love when I get emails from from folks, whether it's just notes or whether it's, you know, questions. Keep emailing us. You can send us your questions over at PS Trophy Room on Twitter or join the community over on Discord, which is fantastic. Uh, but with that said, and with all that out of the way, Dash, you killed it this episode, good sir. Like I knew you would. So tell everybody, where can people find you? Dude, I had so much fun. You could find me at Dash Revolver on Twitter and my crew. And my crew, NXS Cast. So that's a weekly podcast that we do. Uh, gaming podcast NXS stands for Nintendo, Xbox, Sony. We cover them all. We love them all. We play them all. Nintendo less so. We don't, we don't cover that quite as much, but we still love them. Uh, weekly podcast where you know we come at these stories from different angles. We do the research. We try to come at these uh, topics with logic, but I do them alongside my two really good friends, Jeremy and Kevin. We have a lot of fun and 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 try to be funny and keep it fun along for the ride. Yeah. Shout out to Kevin, man. He has, he has like this inner joy that I wish I could just capture. Yeah. Yeah. He balances us out so well. So dang well. He's got the energy and the beard that matches. That said, uh, all the links to all Dash's stuff and a show in excess links down below. So go go follow this man because they do great work, and yeah, you you're truly one one of one of my favorite folks out here in this space. So thank, thank you, you so much for coming on. This will definitely not be the last time. That said, you can find the Trophy Room wherever you find your podcast services, whether that's Apple Podcasts, whether that's Spotify, and if you guys could, I know this is a big ask, but rate us five stars. We are like fourteen away from hitting three hundred on Spotify. I think we are like 50 away from hitting 300 on just the American uh, iTunes charts alone. We have been cracking the 100 top 100 charts on Apple podcasts every single week. And I want to keep I, my goal this year is we're going to be consistently cracking the top 50 video game podcasts this year. I have no doubts that we're able to do that, but we can only do it in the way it honestly works is 
five stars. Anything below five stars hurts us. So the more five star reviews we get, the more Apple feels confident that it pushes our content out there. So if you guys could, same with Spotify, rate us five stars, tell us why you love us. It really does help us out. And it gets a little boost for me, you know, ego wise. I get to tell, you know, everybody, I got a pretty successful podcast, you know, that type of stuff. (laughs) So that said, help my ego, help the show, find the show over at PS Trophy Room. Find me over at Mr. Bad Bit on Twitter. With all that said and with all that out of the way, everybody, keep your wits about you. Keep hunting and keep playing PlayStation. See you guys.